Okay, Michaela, we came across your Facebook page and your site on Google as an established site for women traveling alone and specifically to Australia and Italy. How did you start that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's about 10 years ago when I started traveling, well, not traveling, I started writing about Australia, about my adventures. And I must say that Australia was always on my, on my bucket list, like for many other people, but I never got around to doing it properly because I was working full time and I didn't want it to do it, you know, for a few, few weeks. So my really big solo backpacking trip was in 2004. So quite a bit uh, before starting uh, writing about Australia. And it was really illuminating, you know, something that I said, oh, that's the country I imagined for my solo trips and whatever. And it's a huge, huge country. It doesn't, it takes you ages before you, you visit it all, even for locals, you know. So... What I did, I went uh, back in 2008 on a, another gap year. So 2004 was a gap year. 2008 was another gap year. And then in 2009, I thought I'm going to, I have to do something in order to not to stop this long journey and this long adventure. So I have to like start a blog or something. And at the beginning, it was just a, just a personal blog, like writing about my adventures, about my solo trips. But then it slowly turned into a real thing, like a, like a real website for people traveling to Italy, to, sorry, to Australia. And not only solo travelers, but more or less everyone wanting to uh, arrange a, a trip in a very independent way you know just you know not through a travel agent not through a tour operator someone who wants to to go you know independently so it all started like this and it was you know the years when it started rolling into um, uh, 2011 and 12 so i kept going back to australia every year almost every year from 2013 until 2017 so for five years i went back every every year for two months three months depending on how how long i could take and um, and it does really come to to a very very established website for australia i think it's probably the most comprehensive for female solo travelers to australia because there are many many people who write about their adventures but Maybe they have been once to Australia, but in, in my case, it's a very, very long story. It's nearly 10 trips and all of two, three, and once it was five months. So it's, it's a really big, big uh, experience about Australia as a solo traveler. So I think uh, I know the country quite well, and I, I, can, I can obviously um, not only encourage women to visit it, because I feel that it's a very, very safe well, pretty much safe country for women, but also give lots of um, of advice and tips. And I know how what it works, what it doesn't for 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 women, for solo travelers. So that's that's how it all um, uh, started and all came into this sort of evolution. You know, that is amazing. That sounds like a real love story from you to Australia. Yes, a real love story, and then. 
I did, I did also add uh, Italy on top of it because Italy uh, is the country where I live and where I spend most of the time. So I, I saw that there was a lot of people coming from Australia as well, wanting to visit Europe and mostly focused on, on Italy. I know Italy as a solo traveler too, but mostly it was during my, you know, when I was in my 20s or something. I do travel alone as well in Italy, but not as often as in other countries. Uh, when I'm in Italy, maybe I'm with friends, I'm with family or whatever. Now I try also to build in some some more of other types of travels because in the past I was only doing mostly, mostly only solo travels. And in the end, I realized that I was sometimes missing out on something else. You know, you I, I, I noticed that you need a balance in everything what you do and maybe for a few years you can do you can only go on solo trips but then you come out of of that needed much needed balance and so you try to build in something into your life which is um, bringing more you know stability and also you know a different type of enjoyment you know because travel is always good I don't, i'm not saying that only solo travel is good I think every kind, every type of travels is good. It depends uh, on which mood you are, what your goals are, what you want, what you expect from travels, from your travels. So it really depends on many, many things. And you have to work it out uh, what suits you best, you know. I hear you. This is like uh, sharing is something that is really good. And as as far as, you know, do the solo travel for a long time, sometimes you arrive at the point where say sharing is important to me as well, right? Yes, exactly. You, you, you really need to, to find a balance in your life and see what, what works, what doesn't work. And some, sometimes you, you really need a lot of a solo travels because maybe you are in, in a phase where you are more prone to being on your own and you don't need anyone else around you. You just want to be on your own and also on your travels. And sometimes it's, you, you feel it's more, it's nicer to be with someone, or maybe a partner, maybe a friend, maybe a, a family member, whatever. So, and whoever. So it's, it's good to, to, to have a good mix, a good blend of, of experiences yes absolutely sounds amazing so you're an absolute authority about australia and italy and you're the one to consult if people want to go there so what is your brand and mission exactly about um i have been thinking about a lot of times because the, the brand uh it wasn't really definite when i started and it's still not definite but i, I know that after so many years i I have my focus and I can see where I'm going and, and what I want to do and also who I'm talking to. You know, I'm not a very touristy person and I'm not also a commercial person in that sense that I sell what what goes for the most, you know. Like if I would sell Italy to the trend uh, destinations like Tuscany, Cinque Terre and all this, I, I would write, write about those destinations. But... I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying really to encourage people to do uh, and to experience more of the lesser known sites because I think there are more values in those. Obviously, I also admit, if you come to Italy for the first time 
it's obvious that you want to see Rome, you want to see Venice, you want to see Florence, but I, I cannot really understand why you keep coming to the same places for the tenth time when you, you miss out on so many other beautiful spots. And this is a rule, not only for Italy, for any country. So it doesn't really make a sense to me for many people just to visit those places because everyone else is doing it. Or because, you know, oh, okay, um, they, they say that's beautiful and I want to do it. And then they expect you as a blogger, as a writer, to write about it. I'm not doing it. So maybe you can go to another site, but I am more focused on encouraging people to uh, visit in a responsible way places and make the most of them. Try not to, to add more, as you say, over tourism. Over tourism is a real issue. Uh, and I'm trying to encourage people to go the right path. So to have an, er, the right attitude to it. So I'm not saying you have to stop traveling. I'm not saying that. But if you travel to a country like Italy, which is suffering of, over tourism, you have to know what to expect. So don't try, don't just be disappointed. Oh, I went to Venice. It was so full. I'm not going back. And so try to do something else. Try to find alternatives to those places and trying to build your itinerary according to what I'm going to expect. I know that this is going to be reality. So, and I'm open to explore more of the lesser known sites because any country has so much to offer. And that's what I'm, what my mission is next to besides to encouraging women to be more courageous and not to think too much about it oh shall i go by myself shall i not you just have to do it and i'm talking about those safe countries i'm not saying that you have to head off to whatever in the middle of africa in a very remote area and go there by yourself i'm not saying that but once you know that the country is safe is pretty much safe you can really do anything by yourself. And that's something that I really encourage every woman to do because you may try it out and say, okay, I like it or I don't like it so much. Maybe I like this type of uh, travel. I like more cities. I like less of the countryside. I don't like outdoors on my own. You really have to find out what's the right thing for you. But this is where I focus currently and I think that I'm going that 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 way i think this way is an amazing way and i encourage you please go on with that because this is so amazing to not just focus on the tourist spots because that's just the destination maybe but there is so much on the way that you can focus on and this is so beautiful and you would miss so much of the country if you just focus on some touristic spots i'm with you yeah, that, yeah. absolutely so why do you think this makes a difference and how do you imply, or implement the strategy in your travels, especially? Um, I do imply it in all of my travels and it does make a difference. Oh, a lot. Because I have also done the, the wrong way. I've done it the wrong way. Just, you know, maybe following some advice for some destination, doing what everyone else is doing it. And then, oh God, I was saying it was the wrong thing. So I have really uh, adopted this strategy into my own trials. That's, uh, this is not something that I'm preaching and I'm not doing it. Oh no, I'm very much doing it by myself. And I've realized that 
sometimes you really need a lot more of planning, more of researching, because obviously if you're researching for a lesser known sites or places, it's not so obvious to find them in the internet or maybe you have to search a little bit more and find out how do I get there, how I get around, what's, what to expect. It's not, it's not like going to Rome to the very classic uh, tour or whatever itinerary so it's it's very it's more of a you know you have to work a little bit more on the pre-planning and also on arranging your trip so making sure that you know what to do there what what you can do what you can do so it's a bit more of of work probably but it is very rewarding and it doesn't lead to any disappointment or let's say i wouldn't say just zero disappointment some you know things happens any anyhow even if you go to a lesser known site you may have something going wrong and you are disappointed but it does reduce a lot of disappointment with your expectations and you have a much enjoyable trip definitely and i did something to places where I couldn't even imagine to go, or maybe I would thought, oh no, I'm not going there. Who knows those places? So it's something that it, it uh, finally, it's very much a rewarding process. How would you define your strategy? I mean, I heard that you're planning a lot. Can you, can you make like three steps that you're doing or something like that so people can follow up with what you're doing before your travels and before you go? Yes, well, uh, the thing that uh, I do usually is um, identifying a country. Once you have the country, you have to see, is it a small country that I can do in two weeks? Yes, it is, like for Eastern, let's say, Austria. Can I do it in a couple of weeks? Yes, you can, depending on what you want to do. But you also have to be clear, uh, what, what you, what's the goal of your trip? Do you want to do sightseeing? Are you more of a city person do i want to go and visit just a few cities of austria or whatever or switzerland or do i want just to have an outdoor trip so depending on what you are doing which is a very important thing then you have to see what your time frame is and how to adjust it to what you want to do and i find that sometimes cities are very easy to plan because cities are very generally speaking cities are easy to plan Whereas outdoors activities are not so easy sometimes because you have to know if you want to go hiking and you have never been to that country, you have to figure out, can I do it by myself? Can I, can I go on a tour or can I hire whatever a car and then go from there to there? How are the rules for that area? What can I do there? What do I need a permit? So there are quite a few things that you really need to research and to investigate into and look into before committing to a plan. Uh, but uh, I am one, I belong to the ones who really plan a lot. But I don't do plan a lot, like for instance, uh, I know exactly what I'm going to do from nine o'clock to eight o'clock in the evening. It's not that kind of planning. It's that the more you plan ahead and before of your trip, the lesser you have to plan when you are there. So you have more time to enjoy your time. And not just when you are there, okay, what I'm going to do these few days, I have to plan my trip now when I, I arrive at that destination. I think that that's something that you can do, but you can do it when you have three, four months, you know, you have a long-term vacation or holiday, and you say, okay, I don't need to plan three months ahead. 
But if you only have a couple of weeks, how can you possibly dedicate so much time when you are there? So you really need to think of all these strategies. It's something that by, by, you know, you learn it by doing it and you always learn something new. Even for people like me who are used to travel a lot, you always learn a little bit every time you plan a trip. Ah, oh, you say, ah, oh, did this wrong, probably because of that. So you add a, a little bit of piece of information to any trip. But that's very important that you are really good with planning. That's very important. Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what if people took advantage of your tips and steps that you're providing? What will happen and how will their travels change? Oh, uh, well, as I said, they will add this uh, advice and tips, what I'm giving to them, and add them into their own already um, plan, like a workflow, what they do whenever where they book their trips. And I've seen that many people also came back to me and said, oh, I didn't know about that. That's an important thing that I have to consider when I book a when I plan a trip, uh, I think that uh, by sharing a lot of this information, I also learn from other travelers and I also learn from, from these groups that I have on Facebook because everyone is bringing their own knowledge and their own experience. And I think that um, this is going to improve the way they're planning because there are, I tell you, so many things that need to be considered and sometimes we take it for granted. We just take it for granted. We say, oh, no, it's going to, to work that way. But it doesn't. In some countries, you expect to have the same similar like within Europe. You expect that one thing that works good in Italy, it works the same in Germany or in England, but it doesn't. So you have to really consider what's the peculiarity of the country or whatever and you have to be confronted with so many things. And that's, that's what experience tells you about it. So I think in, in some ways it's the experience that, plays, that pays off and also that tells you uh, how to improve your planning and how to make things easier and smarter. Because uh, lastly, we just want to, ha to, to have a, a smart planning, a smart trip, you know, without, with a less inconvenience and reduce everything as much as possible, you know, um, as as much as we can. So I think that the 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 big beneficial um, benefit will be in improving the overall uh, trip planning. So make it easier and and and, and flowing, you know, without. Um... Sounds perfect. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'd like to know a little bit about you. Yes. You have a lot of experience in travel, as we heard before, and also like 30 years plus. Do you remember how you felt when you traveled the first time alone? And what did change over the time? And do you still have any fears or did you have them ever? Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I never really had a fear of traveling alone because it, that, in my case, I did start as a natural thing, because I was an expat, a student abroad, and I was traveling because it was a necessity, you know, I was, you know, I wanted to do this over the weekend, and I, I almost knew anyone, you know, or I, I was, you know, just doing short trips by myself, maybe just a day trip. And then it was growing into a more and something bigger and bigger, but uh, I never felt unsafe, or I, I never felt, I never had a feeling of fear, because 
most of my uh, solo trips as a young woman, it was very young woman, let's say, it was, you know, um, in cities or outside cities, but, you know, with very well, very well connected and, and not really that, uh, that I felt unsafe or had fear of going out for dinner alone or whatever. Not, not really, but um, I really felt, uh, um, how do you say, uh, I had sometimes this feeling of being talked out of what I was doing but uh, by people, you know, because in the past, um, feeling traveling alone wasn't something common. And, you know, people, they, they, they considered it something weird or maybe they, they regarded you as a weird person because you were traveling alone. And I didn't feel it was weird, but, you know, it's, the, the, it's a social pattern, you know, like nowadays it has changed over the years. It's something completely different. The social pattern has changed and people see it as a positive thing. So if you travel alone, you are brave, courageous. But it wasn't like that in the past. So they probably thought, oh, if you travel alone, or it was like they either they pity you or or what they thought you were you were not sociable. You didn't like the the company of people, which wasn't true. But you know, so the the approach was different, and uh, and I do have, as I said, uh, the, the the first feeling of my overseas, the first overseas solo trip was in New York. And I was 29 and it was amazing. But just getting there from the house of my, of my uncle to, who lives in Canada to Toronto, you know, he, he was very, very worried about me going there alone as a woman, staying a few days in New York. And he tried to, you know, to talk me out of this. And I didn't, I didn't realize why I was... I wasn't doing anything bad and I was nothing really, you know, I was just visiting in a city like New York on my own, but I had my hotel booked. I had, you know, a few things booked. So I didn't really understand. Uh, but, you know, uh, this is a sort of um, bringing balance in every, in every feeling that you, because I was realizing I'm feeling now a bit uncertain about this, what, what I'm going to do. And, I really needed to restore this from a, from a, I wouldn't say a negative feeling, but you know, a bit discouraged. I was discouraged and I had to restore this good, positive feeling. And so I picked up the phone and I rang um, a long distant relative and it, I talked to him. He was in New York at that time, but not in Manhattan. And he couldn't join me, but he said, he talked to me for a long time. And he was so reassuring, so saying, look, this is a safe place. You have to know what you're doing, go out in the, in the evening, and pick a restaurant close to your hotel, whatever, but it's a safe place, enjoy it. So that was the message. And I felt good, and I went out, I walked out of my hotel, and I went to the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> 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 and that was, uh, and that's a story, another story that maybe I can tell you later on. But that was, you know, it's 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 a good feeling. It's a good feeling that you have, you are responsible when you are. You are the only person, you know. You you don't have a companion when you travel alone. You have to 
find a balance by yourself, you know. So it's, it's, it's sometimes hard, but it's, it's very rewarding, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well. <laughs> what I hear, I love <laughs> so far. So um, are there any places you would definitely not recommend for women on their own and why? If there are any places that I wouldn't recommend. Well, I wouldn't recommend uh, places that are very female unfriendly or women unfriendly. Uh, where, or if you are traveling to one of those, you really have to be, to know what you're doing and what you, what you can do, what you can't do. Um, because I, I keep hearing lots of, uh, of, you know, of, very contrasting um, situation and very conflicting uh, opinions. So people saying that that's safe. The other one is saying, no, it's not. So it, probably they are influenced by their own experience. So if someone had, had a positive uh, experience in a place, in a country that are not, that is known to be f female unfriendly or they don't like to see women on their own, so if she has a positive experience, she's going, she's very likely to talk positively about that country. But if another one has had a negative experience, then she will have a mixed feeling about it. And she's not 100% talking about uh, positively. So it depends very much on your personal experience, but there is also some ob objective situations that you have to know. Because if a country has a policy, a politics that is you know, somehow saying that women should be accompanied in a traveling, uh, but you say, which country are they saying this? But even if they're not clearly saying it, it's there, it's there. So it's, it's, a, it's a communicated in other ways, mm. in the culture, in the religious believing or whatever. So I wouldn't probably, unless you're very, a very expert traveler and you have tra and you are very well traveled i wouldn't just start with those countries don't do your, your favor yourself and try and start with safe countries and then you probably have to roll into those you know out of your comfort zone and a bit more in those lesser lesser safe as you say less safer country so that you grow with it and you can you have a better knowledge and also you can judge what you can do what you can't do and also if you can how further you can go uh, but i wouldn't really name countries because for instance there are countries like iran i would go to iran uh, but I, 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 I don't know sometimes i think shall i do it by myself shall i do it on a tour and i keep hearing very very conflicting messages people say you can do it i did it and then i can hear people from iran it and women and they try just to talk me out of this so i am still uncertain about it and also other countries so i think you have to make up your mind and then you have to make sure that you are the safest possible and uh, if you probably get into a situation where you feel oh i'm not safe here you have to have a plan b what i'm doing am i able to escape am i able to get help very quickly to to get out of this situation so you you really need to have all these connections to be able to 
to, to manage also a, a situation which is unsafe for you. But this guilt for every, this is something that is valid for every country, but obviously in those that are less safe for women, uh, probably the, the, the risk is much higher. So. Very good advice. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> what are your top five destinations? Oh, well, that, these are easy for me because obviously I would put for, uh, for women traveling alone, I would put Australia, New Zealand as the top two in, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. And then probably Japan. Japan is another safe country for women. Um, I haven't been, but I just keep hearing it's such a fantastic country, not only for women traveling, not for everyone. So it's a bit, obviously, you have to adjust to the fact that there is no English or maybe you have to adjust to other things, but it's a, it's a safe country to travel alone. So there are three. And then I would probably say that in Europe, I would probably pick Italy. Italy is a safe country for women traveling alone. And I would uh, add it to the list. And then another country that I like very much is Spain. Spain is, um, is good. Um, probably you have, and I don't know if it is as safe as Italy. Uh, I'm not so sure. I've been traveling a, a lot, a lot of, by myself. Um, I also lived in Spain for once, two months or four months. So a short period, but I have the impression that it's a safe country for as much as I, as I know. Um, and it's also a beautiful country. So it's a very, very popular destination in, in Europe. So it's very busy. And I also would suggest that for both Italy and Spain to pick lesser, lesser known, lesser visited destinations instead of Barcelona, you know, where you have the whole world there and get out of there and, and go to the beautiful north of Spain or north of Barcelona. There are beautiful places. Like for Italy, nobody wants to to come to the northeast of Italy, which is amazing, I think, with the Dolomites and other places, but uh, and and even other places in Italy, but they all tend to go to you know Venice, Verona, Cinque Terre, and then you make those country overcrowded only on those in those places, and whereas you you can you know just uh, make the most of of it and explore places that then you will be so proud that you have discovered them and you will be so proud that that you had a, maybe a, a landscape like in Tuscany in, in northeast Italy or whatever, you know. It's something that you have to be, to be open to be surprised. <laughs> Absolutely. Like your advice a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Are you still excited when you go on a new trip? Even though it's maybe a destination that you have been before, like Australia, are you still excited? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. Because I have realized that for uh, let's take about let's let's talk about Australia. I've been very excited for many years. Now, when I go to Australia, I'm not ex as excited as I used to be because I know almost everything, and then I think, oh my God, what I'm going to do next? You know, those kind of excitement is not there anymore because you're used to the country. You know what to expect. You, there is less excitement about new places. So you have to find out new places to discover, something new to, a new experience or whatever. And I'm just thinking about 
because I think that you you really have to it's like you know like a relationship you know after 15 years it's just go you know in a and you say oh what do we have to talk about you know you know everything about the person <laughs> and you have to find new ways of re uh, revamp the relationship and you know and that happens to countries as well you know if you know that country so well what i'm going to do next step? so it's it ups to you how you make it you know you have to be creative with your travels you have to find new ways of seeing a country and the more you know a country then the, the more you can also the, no, the more you see the negative sides and not only the beautiful sides. Like, for instance, if you come to Italy for the first time, you just see the beauty of the country. But if you keep coming and you keep coming and then you get to know this and that and, and maybe you spend more time and then you say, oh, but also some things that I don't like about Italy, this and this and this. And this happens to everyone, you know, like for me with Australia. So you, you really put a lot of things on your table so it's it's a mixed feeling so you know what you're going to expect you know what you like you know what what you don't like about the country and you have to be the more creative you are the better because you have to find new ways of exploring a country be open for other things and not just do exactly the same things that you used to do so travel is most of most of it is it's a way of learning about learning about a new place, new people, learning about yourself. So if you're not open, there is no much point in traveling. And if you are a bit, you know, if you say, oh, I travel because of that, because I want to explore more, I want to improve myself, that's a good way. You have to be open to extend. I, don't, I wouldn't say get out of your comfort zone because sometimes you get, it, it sounds like a threat and a threat, you know, like, oh, I have to get out of my comfort zone. What's going to happen? You just have to get little, just step by step, extend your comfort zone. Just do something that uh, challenge you a bit. So something challenging a little bit, a bit, every time a little bit more. So that you see that you're more capable because we all are more capable, much more than what you, what we think of ourselves, of ourselves. So this is what I would recommend. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very insightful. I love every word of what you just said and I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Do you have like some funny story that happened to you when traveling that you want to share? Oh, the funny story was that one from, I think, one of the funniest And when I was in New York because, <laughs> like, this relative of mine said, just go out and find a nice restaurant close to your hotel. It was just 50 meters, just one minute, you know, walk from my, my hotel. And I walked into the Hard Rock Cafe, music, American food, whatever, you know. I wasn't looking for Italian food, no way. I never do that when I'm in a, in a different country. So I just want to taste, you know, the local food. So I walked in and I said, oh, I want a table. No table for you. Okay, sit at the bar. And I was sitting at the bar with a glass of beer, a small one, because I love beer, but I'm not a drinker and I get easily drunk. So that's my problem. So <laughs> I was sitting there with this small glass of beer and then, Oh, the time was passing. Then I, 
I didn't order anything else. And then another glass of beer came and I said, excuse me, I didn't order. He said to me, it was pointed to that guy over there. Oh, I said, okay. And I was saying, okay, thank you. I was waving at him. And so I was having a second beer. And then after a while, the second beer was over. And then I thought, okay, I'm having something else, but not alcoholic. I was spending time there and then I thought, oh my God, what's happening? Where is my table? And then the waiter came and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot your table. I said, what? So now I'm starving. I said, oh, do you want to join this group? of?" I think they were Japanese people, young people. I said, yes, why not? And they were also happy because he didn't have another table for me. So I joined and they were all young people and they said, Oh, you have to have another beer. I said, oh, oh, no. I said, yes, you have to have another beer. And I was, after the third beer, so drunk. So drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny. So they made me drunk. But because I have a problem that I, I cannot keep alcohol. That's, this is something, you know, like oh, many people, they with a, one, one or two glasses, we are just small glasses. We are completely drunk. So I walked back to my hotel in a state, you know, everything <laughs> in my head. I said, oh, my God, what I have done. <laughs> but it was really fun because I had fun. And I said, you, you know what happened? You have to be open for these things. But this was a funny, funny thing that happened many, many years ago. But I do have many funny stories to tell. The thing is that I keep forgetting them because... You know, all these travels and all these stories, like getting lost or whatever, so many funny stories, but maybe there is another time where I can tell you a bit more about Hopefully. <laughs> this was a good start for your alone travels, I guess. And this is just something that made you maybe give you the idea that exploring things is just perfect for you. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh do you have something that you would like people to do when they just listen to what you said do you have something what do you say hey do that now is there something that you would like to tell them oh uh, if if i would like to tell people something that they would like to do now well i mean if you have to say something like is there something that you would like people to a call to action like do that I would like you oh, to do that. Okay. Like, take action. I don't know. Whatever you. Oh, whatever. Oh, yes. Well, uh, I would like to probably say that they can check out my website if they want to, and my Facebook page, which is for women traveling alone. I have a group which is plus forty-five. It was initially plus fifteen. Then I had so many in their forties that they were a bit. You know, I say, oh, I cannot join and say, okay, let's do it plus 45. That's good. But it's not really a matter of age. It is because I wanted to, you know, have someone, not really the youngest women, because I think they're more motivated and triggered by other things. And in our age, probably we are motivated more, more towards other things. And so the interests are different. We, we grow out of certain things and we grow into other things so it's we we know better what we want and we we look for more from i don't know for certain types of activities and less for parties and things like that that where maybe women young women are geared to you know so 
this is a group that I have, and it's called Women Travel Solo Plus 45 on Facebook. My website is the rockytravel.net, and it's a website for women traveling alone to Australia and Italy, but generally speaking for everyone who loves to, to, to go to Australia. I'm also doing some um, tours for women traveling alone. I've, I've done a Sicily tour, which was the first. I've just, I've just come back from that tour in Sicily with um, a small group of 10 women. And I'm planning now, I'm going to a hiking tour end of um, this month in the Dolomites. And I'll be doing very, very few tours. I don't do many tours a year because I don't have much time. But they will be either Sicily or Italy. And in Italy, I will be doing hiking tours or Sicily. And in Australia, I do only walking tours. Yes, only walking tours for women, women who or travel alone. So if you want to check out all this, I'm happy to hear from you and um, maybe on Facebook or wherever and it will be nice to meet, to catch up there. Amazing. And I can personally say I have checked out all these pages and they're amazing. So you should go there and you should really join <laughs> and see what is in there for you. <laughs> Thank you, Michaela, so much for having you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. You're amazing. And I hope Thank you. Thank you, Tina. I really love to I enjoyed meeting you on the internet and I enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you for interviewing me. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>